Blog Talk Radio. Hi, my name is Nick from the Marlins Catch Podcast. Make sure to follow us at Marlins Catch on Twitter and Instagram. For more Marlins content, check out our website at themarlinscatch.com. The Marlins Catch Podcast is sponsored by the Baseball Podcast Network. And you can follow the Baseball Podcast Network on following platforms. Instagram, Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter, Baseball Podcast One, without the T. YouTube and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. You can listen to the Marlins Catch Podcast live on blogtalkradio.com or download the Marlins Catch Podcast on the Apple Podcast. Enjoy the show. Gracias. episode what's going on guys and welcome back to episode number four of the Marlins catch podcast i am nick aka Marlins underscore news joined here by barry adelson barry come on in hey guys what's happening welcome to the show we got a big show tonight so be prepared we're on our way go uh, ahead nick start it off <laughs> all right so we are actually got a special guest today uh, we're going to waste no time to introduce him today. Uh, we are joined here by Mullins pitcher Jeff Brigham. Jeff, take it away. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, Jeff. How's it going? Welcome going to great. the Mullins Catch Jeff. Podcast. Nice to have you on the show. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. Of course, bro. Of course. Um, so, I know you're busy. We're actually going to go um, roll right into these questions here. My first question for you is um, – you were drafted by the Los Angeles Dodgers in the fourth round of the 2014 uh, MLB draft. What was your initial uh, reaction to being drafted by the Dodgers, coming, you know, making your way up to the show, you're finally at the draft and getting drafted by a professional baseball team? What was your initial reaction coming on? Oh, yeah, that uh, that whole weekend was uh, pretty surreal. I mean, pretty anxious. I was very anxious that whole weekend. I was actually uh, in finals week at University of Washington, so I had a lot of things on my mind, school being the last of them. Um, but it was uh, definitely a surreal experience. And, I mean, hearing, you know, I didn't get it. I saw my name come up on the computer screen, and, and uh, it was kind of like a dream come true. And uh, it all happened so fast. And went out and played catch with my dad right afterwards, and uh, it was a pretty surreal moment. Well, I have a question for you there. Um, when you first started pre- playing pro ball, like most players, of course you were assigned to a minor league team. Uh, that team happened to be the Oregon Raptors. Tell us, what was life like in the minors, and how did you cope with the sometimes long bus rides and those lonesome nights being away from your family? Yeah, being being uh, staying close to home in college, uh, I've never really experienced being away um, from home, you know, more than 45-minute drive. And so moving out there to Ogden, um, I actually shared a bunk bed with one of my teammates. So uh, we really got to know each other well. And, and my host family was awesome. Um, they – uh, allowed me to drive their 1992 Ford Ranger. Got to learn how to drive stick out out in Utah. So it was a uh, very much a minor league experience. I mean, I, I wouldn't have traded it for for anything. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And 
Uh, question here. You started um, the 2015 season in Great Lakes down in the minors and also played with Rancho. What was the difference between going to both teams, adjusting to the different kind of teams, the cities, uh, the fields, adjusting to the ball clubs and to the team? What was the difference between going from one team to another down in the minors? Yeah, the uh, I was up in uh, Michigan for the first two weeks of the 2015 season, and, and I, I I threw well. It was cold, so it was tough on the hitters. I had a lot of confidence, feeling good out of spring training. So they gave me the promotion pretty quickly, and uh, I got humbled very, very fast in the California League, uh, going from 35, 40-degree temperatures where the hitters don't want to take the bat off their shoulders um, I had a rude awakening uh, where the ball absolutely flies in that in the California league. So, and, and plus you're facing the older hitters um, where you need a little bit more than just a fastball. And uh, you got to be able to throw the breaking ball for a strike a little bit high, especially over in the Cal league. So it was uh, definitely uh, an eye-opening experience moving over to uh, up to Rancho. Where, where did that name uh, Cucamongo Quakes come from? <laughs> I think uh, I think it's because in, in that area it's a, a lot of earthquakes. We actually had a few of them during during my time there. I don't know where they came up with the Rancho Cucamonga part, but definitely the quakes were the uh, were, were from the earthquakes. Yeah, well, down in Miami, you know, we have uh, hurricanes a lot. So, uh, if you had oh a yeah, choice, if you had a choice. Would you want to want to take a quake, or would you rather have a hurricane? Oh no, <sighs> um, that's a, that's a tough one. I I mean, especially with the hurricanes that we've been having the past couple of years, um, I, I don't I don't wish a hurricane upon a, a anybody. But at, the, at least you kind of know when they're coming. And uh, earthquakes yeah. feel like you just start shaking it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I think I'd probably take an earthquake though. Those, those hurricanes can be scary. Yeah, well, I've been through a whole bunch of hurricanes, and uh, I tell you what, I've never experienced a quake. But I'd rather take the hurricane any day because you, at least you got time to prepare. Exactly, anyway, exactly. Look, look, you're still standing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, in 2017, uh, Jeff, you played for Jupiter, which is uh, like 35 minutes from where I live. What was your first impression oh. of Jupiter and uh, what did you think of their fans? Yeah, so so I ended up getting traded over in 2015 um, from from Rancho and and I really really enjoyed the Florida State League from a pitching perspective. Kind of go from you know some of the hard, hardest ballparks in minor league baseball to pitch at to uh, pretty much the most dead league from a hitting perspective in, in all minors. So it was definitely more forgiving. But I, I will say uh, the, the fans, especially in the in the Jupiter area, they're they're not super big uh, big baseball fans, I would say. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they do come out for spring training. Oh, for spring! I haven't been out. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't been up in the in a big league spring training yet. But yeah, I always look over there, stop by for the games, and they're 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 all about it. It's awesome. Awesome experience, and especially in, in that late February, March time. I, I love it. Well, we're going to see you there. Yeah. I can assure you that. Yeah, I look forward we'll to there. it. <laughs> um, in 2018, uh, Jeff, you played for um, three different minor league teams, the golf course, the golf coast, 
Marlins, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, and of course New Orleans Baby Cakes. Um, that actually totals out to seven different minor league teams since you're sent to the show. Do you still keep in contact with many of the ball players that you got to know down in the minor leagues? Yeah, yeah. Um, some of my some of my closest friends. I mean, I, I usually, you know, I I tend to make like one one really like good connection on every team. And, and I actually had a a wedding that I was in this past off season uh, from a guy that I, you know, met three days after the draft um, over with the Dodgers. So, I mean, it, it, it's pretty cool. It, it's tough to stay in contact, but, you know, you're always checking up on your old teammates. You're always rooting for them. And, and I'm at the time point in my career where a lot of them are, you know, if they're if they're on their way to the big leagues, if not have already made it there or, or they're starting families. And it's, it's nice to, to keep up with them and uh, see what's going on in their lives. That's good. Hey, uh, what was your first thought, and who was the first person that you called giving the good news on September 1st, 2018, that you made it to the show? Um, Actually, the uh, first – so my, my family was in town. Um, I was supposed to make my start on – I think it was like a Friday, I want to say, in in New Orleans. And they they came out. It was supposed to be my last start of the season, so they just wanted to came out, come out, give me my support. So went went out there, saying hi to my family, and uh, the clubby came out and uh, said the coach wanted to talk to me, and um, said I'd messed up, you know, scoring the book or you know, just keeping track of the pitches, which I have a tendency to do. So I, it was very believable at the time, and uh, they told me that I was getting called up, and it was pretty cool, and so. I walked right outside back out, and my mom, my dad, and my brother were all there. So th- those are the first people, and I got to share the moment two minutes after it happened. So lots of tears and smiling. It, it, was, it was a really cool moment. Yeah, it must, must have been a great family uh, moment, that's for sure. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, definitely the top of the list. Yeah, yeah you, can't, you can't recreate that. No doubt. And – when you actually did first walked into Marlins Park, you know it was probably was the stadium. Actually, quick question: Was the stadium closed or open when you when you walked into Marlins Park to see it? Oh, the first time, I, I can't. I, I know when I pitched, it was definitely closed because it was yeah so hot and humid. But uh, I think yeah, the first time I walked out there, it had to be open because they keep it open during the day, and it's beautiful. It was a beautiful September. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, but and I had been, I've I had been there before. So I mean, I love I love that place. It's, it's a really really unique and cool uh, stadium. Yeah, and who was actually the first person to greet you at Mullins Park? The first person on the roster. Um, what? Oh, so it was actually. Uh, um, I think it was Chris who he, he was my he was the first first person I met in 2015 with the Marlins and he was the bullpen catcher at the time. He, uh, uh, he was, he was my minor league catcher for about two or three years. But, um, and, and I, I, there's a couple of guys like Ben Meyer up there who, who, I, who I saw on Pablo. Um, all, all, I mean, some of those Pablo, guys. Are awesome good guys. Yeah. 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 I mean, we have some of the nicest guys I've ever met. They're great pitchers too. So it's, oh, it's a pretty cool, pretty game, cool yeah. group. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's all, he's all. Game, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. 
Well, uh, listen, Jeff, uh, uh, spring training is just around the corner, and uh, opening day is not that far away. Have you uh, added any new pitchers to your arsenal, or are you going into the season comfortable enough to go with what has worked best for you in the recent past? Yeah, um, right now it, it's I'm just trying to, um, to to continue improving the repertoire that I have, and and I think you know I showed my fastball last year. The slider was good. My my, my changeup's really uh, one of the pitches I've been working on past year or so, and it, and it showed a lot in in the minor leagues when I was coming up. So I, I'm really focusing on. And that's been one of the reasons why I was able to make it up last year was was focusing on what I had and then just executing the pitches. Because as soon as I start overcomplicating things, that's when that's when it you stop executing the simple things. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, of course, Jeff, uh, your hometown of Washington. How does it, how does Miami compare to your hometown of Washington? What are the differences and like, frankly, do you like do you like are you more comfortable in Miami or, of course, Washington? Well, being born and raised, I I I do love it um, up in Seattle, but uh, I I love pitching in the heat. I mean, it, the body yeah. feels so good. So I guess the the, the biggest difference. I mean, I walk. I was just uh, playing catch catch outside earlier today, and I mean, about forty two degrees outside. Takes a little bit longer to get the body going, so I think that's the first thing that comes to mind. But uh, I I love it, especially the that spring training time. It's just a it's a beautiful time of year out in Miami. Mm-hmm. Barry, I think you had one last question for uh, Mr. Jeff over here. Oh, looks like we lost there, Barry. Yeah, there we are. I don't know what happened. I got you. Anyway, are we going to see you at FanFest on February 9th? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm flying in February 8th. I'm fired up. I'm fired up to be there February 9th. All right, we can't wait to see you there. Jeff, thank you so much oh. for uh, coming on to the Marlins Catch. Uh, it's truly great to have you on here, and hopefully we can have you on again in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. It was a pleasure having Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me. It was our right, pleasure as well, Jeff. Look forward to speaking with you again. And good luck in the season. All right, guys, that was just Jeff Brigham. We do actually have Mackenzie Mills, who will be joining us right after this break. So we are going to head into break right now. When we come back from break, Mackenzie Mills will join the show. After nearly a week of an absence of rumors, Phillies fans are eager to hear about the latest news in free agency. Since Manny Machado's agent called out fake reports by reporters, the MLB world has been void of any notable reports. However, on the fifth episode of FanCast, we will be starting a new series predicting the breakout players of 2019 for the Phillies, including minor and major league players. While the Phillies play the waiting game in hopes of landing a franchise player, It can be frustrating for fans. When listening to the next episode of FanCast, we will explain how these long, dry months will be well worth it when a big signing comes to fruition. With the Phillies seeming to focus more on Bryce Harper, should Manny Machado fans in Philly be worried about San Diego as a potential suitor? If you are a Phillies fan, 
or interested in hearing about baseball at all, come and listen on Tuesday at 7 to hear bold takes, predictions, and more on the newest episode of FanCast. And we are back here, guys, from the break. Without further ado, we are going to introduce Marlon's pitcher, Mackenzie Mills. Mackenzie Mills, come on. on. Hey, guys. It's Marlon. Hey, Mackenzie. Nice to have you, you on doing? the show, Mackenzie. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. We are just going to dive into the questions here. Of course, Mackenzie, you were traded for JT Justin Bohr of the Miami Marlins. That happened last year. Justin, I mean, Mackenzie, uh, when you got the call that you were being traded, what was your initial reaction? Um, honestly, it's kind of a funny story. Um, you know, being traded a couple times, you know, it's always cool, you know, to experience different organizations, go to different teams, put on different jerseys. But um, I, um, the day before, I um, got called into uh, my manager's office, and um, I was promoted to um, AA Reading in the Eastern League, the, the Philly AA affiliate, and, and uh you know, after the game, went outside, called my parents, told them the news. Um, you know, went to my, been back to my apartment, packed up all my stuff, uh, left my car because um, I had about a 9.30 flight. Um, and on the flight over to Philadelphia, uh, flying into Philadelphia, mm-hmm. I turned my phone to airplane mode, and I had a missed call from uh, my farm director, uh, Joe Jordan, and um, he told me, he said, hey, Ben, I need you to come back to uh, Tampa. I was like, man, what's going on? He's like, oh, we just traded you for Miami Marlins. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a great story there. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy, yeah, it was, man. It's crazy. crazy. It was, Getting the call out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was, it was cool. You know, I got off the train. My phone was going over text messages and phone calls. And just by, you know, you know, it's, it's all good. Baseball, it was, it was a cool experience. You know, I didn't think that after July, you know, after um, – you know, the trade deadlines, everything's happened. I thought I was good. I thought I was safe. I was just happy enough to finish the year in double A, but, you know, I have an opportunity now with the Marlins, and hopefully um, I can go back to Jacksonville, you know, do what I need to do there. And if the next step is New Orleans or the next step is Miami, I'll be prepared. Mm-hmm. There. All right, well, uh, tell me, what was life like in the minor leagues before you got the trade to the Marlins? Bad. Um, you know, um, the Phillies high, they're in the Florida State League, so we were in Clearwater. You know, it was, it was pretty good. Um, I had an apartment in um, downtown Tampa, so it, it wasn't bad. It, the Florida State League is hot. I will say anybody that's coming up from Low A or uh, any new draft guys that are coming to the Florida State League, I mean, it's it's a tough league to play in. It's kind of like GCL at night. You're not going to get a whole lot of fans. Um, practices are at 2.30, and that's when it's 95 degrees out, so – you know, I enjoyed every bit of it. It's hard work, but, I mean, you know, I enjoyed everything about it. Do, do you Mackenzie, miss your family in the process? Uh, come again? I said, are you missing your family? Um, Yeah, definitely. I mean, I talk to my dad every day. I talk to my mom. You know, I always FaceTime them. They're, they're my biggest supporters. They're my biggest fans. So, you know, whenever I get a chance to see them, it's kind of like they're kind of – give me magic if they come in and watch me play a game. I think I had a game where I faced uh, St. Louis St. Louis Mets, and, um, you know, they came in, and I think I went six or seven scoreless. But, I mean, I always miss my family. It's always good to have that support. It's always good to see them. You know, it's a familiar, familiar face because you're away for six months out of the year. So, 
whenever you get around family or familiar face, it's always comforting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, family is everything. It's always the first, uh, always the first thing. Uh, being drafted, yeah, uh, Mackenzie, in the in the uh, 18th round by the Nationals. Your reaction, what was your reaction being drafted to an actual MLB baseball team and knowing that, hey, you're not, you're not that far away? Of course, you got the minors, of course, but what was your initial reaction to saying, hey, I was just drafted by the Washington Nationals? Well, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty awesome. Um, I think that I wasn't as stunned as, mo- as most folks because, you know, I thought that, you know, I had the ability to play professional baseball. But um, I think after Friday and Saturday, I guess I got to see my buddy um, – you know, Michael Chavis going the first round. He's with the Red Sox, and, you know, Saturday rolled around. And, you know, I thought my name would be called Saturday. So, I think mm-hmm. around Sunday, you know, I had it in my mind that, you know, I'm probably going to go to college. It's okay. And, you know, um, I remember coming upstairs, and, you know, my dad was, you know, on his tablet. And he told me, he said, hey, the, the Nationals just selected you in the 18 rounds. And, you know, I was pretty excited, but I knew I had to make, I knew I had to make a decision either, you know, go start, you know, my college career or go start my pro career. And, you know, it took me about a week to decide. Um, and I made a decision to, you know, to sign my professional contract. And, you know, the first couple of years was uh, was definitely hard, but um, I think that now um, I've persevered. I understand what it's like to be, you know, a professional athlete, what it's like to be a ball player, and, you know, I'm excited what this year has to bring. Mm-hmm. For sure, man, for sure. We're all excited to see you go. Yeah, it's, uh, um, you're, what are you, 6'4", 205 pounds, and, and uh, that's pretty good for a left-handed pitcher. Does that uh, scare some of the batters that you go up against because of your size? Um. Well, you know, I always get the comp of, of Dontrell Willis. I know he was a former Marlin. Um, you know, I'm a yeah, I'm a big guy on the mound, big body guy, pretty tall. So, um, yeah, I mean, if it scares hitters, great. If it doesn't, well, that that sucks too. But I mean, I'm Working I'm out in. there. Yeah, working games, arms and legs, just going after the guy, trying to trying to get him out. Mm-hmm. And Mackenzie, uh, you know, being traded again from the Phillies to the Marlins, the organizations, of course, are different organizations, being in Philadelphia, being down in Miami, but of course you're in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you explain the difference between the Philadelphia organization and the Miami organization? Well, yeah, you know, I, I kind of feel like, you know, the guys with uh, – Nationals are like the Philly. They're they're essentially really good teams that you know are going to compete every year, and um, you know I speak highly about those organizations. The Phillies was a good organization, really great. Um, you know there are times where you know you know you're going to pick and choose who you mesh well with, coach and staff, players, etc. Um, but you know since I came to the Marlins, it's it's been great. Um, you know nothing but good things. I know that um, you know Jeter's really trying to mold it into you know former championship type of program. And I just, you know, want to be part of that franchise. And I know that, you know, with the Marlins, they're rebuilding. I know that um, I'm going to get my opportunity if I perform well, of course. And, you know, that's just, you know, all I can hope for. Yeah, Jeter's definitely doing a rebuild here. And uh, we're going to see the opportunity for a lot of players to have a chance to jump on the bandwagon and uh, get into uh, into the majors. And we certainly would love to see out there. Uh, again, uh, whose attention do you really have to grab uh, when it comes to that? I, I know you're going to do your best, obviously, but who who are the people in charge that you really, really have to impress? 
Well, I think that, you know, that's the one thing in baseball. People feel like you, you don't have to impress people. I, I honestly feel that, you know, once you go out there and do your job, if you're consistent, if you go about your business the right way, good things happen. Um, especially when I was in high, there's a time where I was struggling and, you know, I had to look myself in the mirror and, you know, you know, put my head down and get back to work. And I, you know, struck together, you know, a couple good starts, had a, a good month or so, and then I had an opportunity to get drafted, to um, get traded to another ball club. So, I, honestly, I feel like this season I'm going to go back to having fun with baseball. Um, you know, I know in spring training I may get some looks on the big league side because I report February 21st, and, you know, I'm happy that, you know, I'll be able to get down there and, you know, get acclimated with the guys because I don't really know many guys um, from the Marlins. But the biggest thing is just, you know, go have fun. I know that as a starter – um, if I go out there six, seven innings, give up three runs or less every game, you know, you're going to go out there and you're going to put up good numbers and good things are going to happen. So as long as I have that mindset, just go out there and be consistent, it doesn't matter who's watching. Um, everybody's going to know your name. Yeah, well, you know, Tom Selleck said it the best in, in the movie that he started in. Uh, he said, baseball is a game, and a game is supposed to be fun. And it certainly yeah. sounds like you're going to have a lot of fun out there and you're certainly going to give the Marlins an opportunity, uh, the opportunity to use your services in the majors. And uh, no doubt in my mind, you know, who do you got in front of you? There are lefties on the chart. You got Caleb Smith. You got Wee and Chen. Uh, maybe a Dylan Peters. You know. Uh, oh, he's not all over the team. He's, he's yeah, well, he's gone. But you know, what can I say? You know, you got those types of players that are out there. Uh, how do you how do you leapfrog these guys other than you know just doing better than they do? Well, you know it's, it's the one thing you know coaches and you know players always say what's the difference between a minor league guy and a big league guy is just consistency. And I really feel like you know those are great guys, those guys that are you know in the big leagues. I'm striving to be where they want to be, and it's honestly just you know going about your business every day. Just go out there, try to be as consistent as them, or if not better, you know what I mean? And it's great because I got my buddy, uh, Nick Snyder, who's also um, with the Marlins. And, you know, we, we pick our we pick each other's brand. We want to be the best players we can be. And, you know, he's a guy that, you know, is going to be able to compete for a spot out of camp. So, you know, I, I think it's just, you know, you don't worry about the competition because at the end of the day, you know, you don't want to strive to, you know, be that person. You want to be your own person. You want to go out there and play your own game and, you know, Hopefully, I, I'm definitely going to try to be around those guys, pick their brains because they've, you know, they have big league experience, and that's something I, you know, strive and I want to do. So, I mean, I don't – if I get the opportunity to play with them, great. If I leapfrog them, great. <laughs> I just want to go out there and just get opportunity. That's it. And, of course, and Nick Snyder sure. is – yeah. Oh, no. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was going to say he's from Marietta, Georgia. And – uh I know some people from Marietta, Georgia, and they are always very fine, outstanding people. And uh, the way you talk, I, I will tell you, you, you rank up in that class. Uh, we look forward to uh, seeing a lot of you with the Marlins. And that's my personal opinion at this point. I, I really look forward to seeing a lot of you with the Marlins. Thank you. Thank you. I pretty, I hopefully I can uh, stay with the ball club for more than one year. So, uh and McKenzie, hey, well, we need, hey, hey, McKenzie, we need players that are going to be around long term. We don't want these yeah. one, one and done. You know what I'm saying? These one and done are yeah. no good. We want guys that are going to stick together six, seven, eight years. And uh, hey, that's how you build a franchise. That's how you build a team from the bottom up. And uh, hey, 
Maybe we're the next Red Sox. Maybe we're the next Yankees. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, the Marlins definitely have a collective of, of good prospects. It's definitely in the top 30. Um, I know in my team alone, um, when I went to Jacksonville, I mean, you know, you know, I had Monte Harrison, you know, you had Jordan Yamamoto, you had um, Joe DeMann, um, Nate Nider. Um, I mean, it was just a influx of just good talent. I could definitely see the Marlins definitely competing for uh, that playoff postseason indefinitely in the next few years. So I'm, I just want to be a part of that franchise and hopefully – Contribute to a winning ball club. Mm-hmm. And you know, Mackenzie, going back to talking about your friend Nick Nider, you know, obviously he has a huge shot to make the ball club. Maybe this season, he's a great uh, player to pick brains with because both of you guys are very, very talented individuals. But going back to spring mm-hmm. training, uh, you getting the invite, which we're all very excited to see. Great that you're getting the opportunity, having this long off season to work. You know, get in shape, get your arm going. How does it? How does this off season affected you as a person and as, as your abilities to pitch? Well, I will say, um, you know, they always talk about double A's a different beat. Double A separates boys from men, and um, I definitely, um, I definitely felt that. Um, you know, my first couple games, you know, double A wasn't wasn't very pretty, um, but I knew that I was going to go over. I knew I was going to make an adjustment, and. Um, I think once I came home, I kind of realized, okay, the things I'm going to focus on is obviously, of course, you know, as every, you know, player, um, come back home, get in shape, you know, run, work out. Um, I think the biggest thing was just where my mind needs to be. So I think that this year, um, this off season, I have five months to figure out how to get hitters out at the highest, at the highest level. And that's basically just studying games, you know, um, being able to write down games. I think that's the one thing that separates a lot of guys and guys in the big leagues, they be a student of the game. So that means, you know, this season I plan to, you know, have my notebook with me, have my, my little pen and, you know, really focus on, you know, hitters, you know, cause once you can do that, once you can figure out their weaknesses, you know, it's kind of like the game becomes a whole lot simpler and you don't have to guess or you don't have to feel like, um, you know, oh, maybe this pitch will work. Maybe this pitch may not work or, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, I want to get better at, um, you know, attacking lefties, throwing breaking balls behind you and count and um, stuff like that. Because, I mean, essentially the hitters are double-A. Hitters are hitters. Everybody's human. You just got to go out there and go with your best stuff. And, you know, I just realized that in double-A, triple-A, in the big leagues, you just got to just be smarter than a hitter. That's about it. <laughs> and, of course, the, yeah. and of course, the hardest thing about pitchers is guessing on where, you know, the hitter strengths and weaknesses are. So, you got to, like, you got to study every hitter. Basically, you go against. You see the lineup you're going against. You got to study them, know what kind of pitches they're weak to, and attack that zone for sure. Yeah. Oh, hey, I mean, hey, hey. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Um, you know, essentially that. Um, especially in today's age, you know, everybody can hit a fastball. I mean, you see a roller Chapman get turned around and he throws 105. And you know, I've I've had a lot of teammates throwing the 95 to almost 100 miles an hour, and, you know, they get hit. It's, I think it's that everybody can hit a fastball, but I think it's more or less where you put that fastball, when you use it, you know, what pitch you use to set up that fastball, what pitch you use. You know, I think it's just once you learn how to have good pitch ability, then, you know, you can really rise and, you know, really put yourself on the escalator and play at the highest level. So, you know, that's the difference between, you know, guys that, you know, can get the job done or guys that, you know, are going to struggle, have a good game here and there, or – you know, the guys are going to be consistent. And as I said earlier, consistency, you know, basically keeps your job. (laughs) 
So just be consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, have a game plan every single game. Because I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna have about you know 23 to 25 starts, and you know how consistent can we be in all those starts? You know what I mean? That's that's the biggest thing. Well, you got it. You you've got the fastball. You've got the curve. You've got the changeup. Have you added anything to your arsenal coming into this season? Uh, yeah. Uh, I played with it a little bit um, this year, actually, really working on my two-seam. And um, it's actually mm. gone pretty well, actually, today uh, through some IVP um, at the, my high school I went to. And, um, you know, it looked pretty good. I think that, um, you know, that's one thing that's really going to help me out, especially going inside the lefties. I think that. I could definitely get more ground balls because I've always been labeled a strikeout or a fly ball pitcher, and that's necessarily not the best thing because, um, you know, some fly balls turn into home runs and we don't want that uh, on our record. So, you know, definitely hasn't working on a two-seam. Um, but, no, still keeping the four-seam changeup and curveball, just working on a moving fastball at the moment. Uh, yeah, sure. And, Mackenzie, McKen- uh, another question for you, uh, you know, being – in the farm system of the Marlins right now, getting a spring training invite. What could you say to younger pitchers than you that are like, coming into the draft, trying to get drafted? What could you say as a little message and advice to give them about coming to the pro- coming into the farm system and working your tail off to get to the majors? Well, the one thing I would say: don't ever play GM if you're playing well. Um, just it's not. It's not. It's not the best thing to do. I think that just just keep your head down and keep on working because eventually something's gonna happen. Um, trust the process. I know that's one thing that my sister always tells me. And you know, as a young as a young adult, you know, you don't want to hear that because you want everything now, quick, and you want it as fast as possible. And you know, essentially, a guy's you want to make it the big leagues in a year if possible. But you know, a lot of guys just you know don't do that. So I would just say trust the process, have fun, enjoy the moment, and you know, it's uh it's gonna be a rocky ride. So, but it's gonna be a good one. So that's the big thing I can tell guys. Enjoy it. Wise words, man. Wise words, definitely, bro. And you know we support you this season. We really think your talent is above average. We see you 100% being the future of this team in the rotation for the Marlins. And you know we're just very excited to see you in spring training. We, me and Barry, both will be down there watching. So we're definitely uh, very excited to see you there. And uh, yeah. Um, uh, Barry, you got some more questions for him? No, I'm done. I, all I want to do at this point is really thank him for joining us on the show and uh, look forward to speaking with you again during the season, and uh, and we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. I've uh, definitely enjoyed my time on the show. All right, Mackenzie, take care. All right, thank you. Take care. All right, guys, that was just Mackenzie Mills. Great talking to him, great dude. Uh, both Jeff and Mackenzie were great to have on the podcast. Um, really, really enjoyed it with them, some great interviews. And, you know, we look forward to seeing them at spring training as well as all the other prospects and everyone trying to make the roster down there, along with the major league uh, players on the roster. But actually, guys, do not forget, uh, promo code BPN10 at stubyard.com. to get 10% off on all events there. So head over to Stubyard. Dot com, put in the promo code BPN10 and get 10% off on all events. But, Barry, we are going to shift over to the hot topic as the main discussion around the majors is JT Real Muto, of course. Still hasn't been traded, still remains on the roster. Will he may be here for spring training? Uh, I, don't, I doubt that. There's currently 
six teams still in the mix, but the three top runners here, the top runners here are the Dodgers, the Cincinnati Reds, and the San Diego Padres. Barry, uh, I want to get your opinion on where you think JT Real, Real Muto will end up and what you think we could possibly get in return for a catcher like that. And I will answer that right after we go to the break and come back with more on the Marlins catch. Hello, everyone. My name is Eamon. I'm one of the hosts at Pinch Rib Talk. On Wednesday, January 30th at 5 o'clock, we will be talking more about the Yankees' improvements. To Clint Fraser's future in pinstripes and top prospect talk, to how we think Brian Cashman has done this offseason, and also how Aaron Boone's first year managing was, and how we think he will be in the future. All of this will be featured on this week's episode of Pinstripe Talk. All right, guys, we are back here. Barry, I'll let you uh, continue with your answer here. Well, first off, it uh, looks like. Uh, the Padres are out of the running. Their their uh, the request has been denied, so that certainly puts another spin on things. Uh, I know the Cincinnati Reds are very very high on on J T. Realmuto as per, per other teams out there. But let, let's look at the Reds and let's look at what they may offer to the Marlins. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's some interesting things out there. What are your thoughts there, Nick, on that so far? Well, remember the Mullins, actually, you are correct on that. Six hours ago, the Mullins declined the Padres' request for JT Real Muto. And my opinion is, you know, they're looking at Jonathan India, newly coming into the Cincinnati Reds. I'm a huge fan of him, wanted him in the draft. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty much up in the air at this point. Miami's asking price is still sky high. Teams are struggling to, man- to uh, match it. I know a big talk was, was the Reds and maybe Tucker Barnhart would be included in the deal or the Dodgers prospect catcher, uh, Kiebert, I think his name is. Yeah, Kiebert Ruiz, the catcher for the Dodgers in the farm system, maybe you guys will. I know, Barry, you're not really wanting prospects, but at this point this is what we're going to get in return. Uh, at this point, it's still up in the air. I think those teams are interested. I think it is going to be either the Reds, the Padres, even though they, the Marlins declined their request, but they could still be in the running, remember that, that, even if they decline their request, they could still come back in the running, just like the Braves and the Astros have done in the past. Or, of course, the L.A. Dodgers. And it's the stove is getting hot. I would rather him be traded before spring training, and then we get our new catcher getting ready to go. The pitcher's catcher's report coming up. But, uh, Barry, uh, what would you like to see Miami get in return for J.P. Lundell? I would go straight up, one for one. Real Muto for Cody Bellinger. That's my thought. That would be a perfect fit. It would be fair to both teams. Both teams. Now, of course, I do not think the Dodgers will, uh, uh, of course, not trade Cody Bellinger. I think they're very high on him. It's a matter of maybe Miami adds in another player. I'm telling you, I don't think J.T. Real Muto. Barry, in my opinion, uh, they're gonna they're keeping Bellinger very high. Of course. When they added AJ Pollock, they maybe are more flexible than moving an outfielder, or they're probably just trying to replace Yasiel Puig, who was recently traded to the Reds uh, for some players in the package there. But as as I see it, I do not see Bellinger coming to Miami as much as I would love to see that happen. I think he'd be a great role model. He'd be a great leader. He'd be our big guy. He'd be 
he can play anywhere. You know, he can play anywhere. He can help and play four at first base. Of course, you got Peter O'Brien there who's been balling out at the end of the year. But it's definitely a hot topic to watch. I've been following it um, all year and all off season. Uh, if you guys have not went over to my Instagram, I do post tweets from verified accounts and MLB, uh, you know, reporters. And I do post tweets that are, of course, they are true tweets. They are uh, authentic tweets. And I do post them on there and to see what's going on. And a lot has been heating up, a lot of talk. They're, like, teams are regaining life on it and everything. And, it's, like, it's a big talk of the offseason. It's really occupied mainly the whole offseason. And we couldn't really get many things going, of course. And we still need to have free agency. We still need to fill up some uh, positions here. But, you know, J2 Romuto, I don't think anything really is going to start going happening until Romuto gets traded and Harper and Machado choose their teams. But, Barry, of course, you, you want to shift over to – a different topic, and I know you were very excited about this uh, leading up to this uh, week, is fantasy baseball. And I know a lot of you guys out there do play fantasy baseball. And we will actually, well, yeah, very right now, but we will be discussing what Marlon players are options for fantasy baseball in your respective draft. So when you're in the draft and you're looking at the Marlins over there, you're going to say, hey, who should I take? Uh, Barry, you're going to give the inside scoop here. I know you're very good with this stuff, so Barry, take it away. Hey, I, I I think I'm good at it. I only won our league last year. What can I say in fantasy baseball? Uh, <laughs> my first choice for the Mar- uh, from the Marlins, if I get the opportunity, I'm going to take Stalin Castro. Uh, in 2018, he, he was a workhorse for the Marlins. He, he had 593 at-bats. That's pretty darn good for fantasy baseball. That means he was producing. Well, he got 76 runs. There was 165 hits, uh, some 54 RBIs. He walked 48 times, and he ended up with a 278 batting average. I love Starling Castro. He can help any team. He He's the guy that will deliver for you. Uh, if you pass up on Starling Castro, I think you make a major, major mistake. Uh, yeah, he could be traded from the Marlins, but... Even if he's traded, it doesn't matter. Starling Castro is the man. He's the top top person as far as I'm concerned from the Marlins, unless JT Realmuto stays with the Marlins. If he stays, then he's number one. Starling Castro's number two. And where, what round do you predict Starling Castro to get drafted in? It depends on what a team needs. I can see him going in the third round or fourth round. A little high. I would say about the sixth or seventh. Well, hey, I've said it to you before. We got to disagree to agree or agree to disagree. Uh, I like Castro. He's got a lot of good things going for him. And uh, we'll see. Hey, we'll have to bet a dinner on it. We'll have to bet a dinner on it, Nick. Of course, I am a big Stalin Castro fan. I think he really came in and changed the ball club. Of course, we will not never have a player like D. Gordon over at second base, which I know he was a fan favorite, but go ahead. Um, I know, Barry, you got a whole list here, so you're going to say your top players here, and I'll let you go ahead with number two. Hey, another great player for the Marlins going into the second season with the Marlins is a guy named Brian Anderson. Anderson, the first half of the season last year was outstanding. 
Uh, he had uh, 590 at-bats, 87 runs, 165 hits, 65 RBIs, 62 walks. He had a 273 batting average. As I said, first half of the season, he was outstanding. Second half of the season, eh, you know, the rookie. It, 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 it happens. The pitchers got to know him. Uh, so he wasn't as, as as effective in the first in the, in the second half as he was in the first half. I love Brian Anderson. I can see him going in the let's say eighth or seventh round. Uh, he's a good catch. He's somebody you definitely want to have on your roster. Mm-hmm, for sure, and I was a big Anderson fan myself. I thought he was one of the, he was actually fourth in the rookie of the year. Uh, rankings and right behind Soto, of course, and um, Ronald Acuna Jr. But yeah, I do like Anderson. I think he is the future man at third base for the Marlins. Uh, Barry, you got number three. Uh, yeah, you know, there's other players on the team. I'm just going to mention at this point. You got a, you got a Lewis Brinson. You've got Dan Straley. Yeah. You got Jose Urena. Uh, you got Sandy Alcantara, or is it really Alcantara? These are guys worth watching, definitely worth watching at this point. For sure, for sure. And, you know, these guys are definitely definitely all future players of the mall that you are saying here, shifting over to that. Um, but actually, we do got to go another break, guys. So when we come back, we will be talking about more of the Marlins young players, young guns in the roster, and as we get back from break. So we'll be back. Hello, BPN listeners. This is Jake from the Amazing Mets podcast, uh, owner of the First 162, co-hosted with John, the owner of At Mets Updates. This week on the Amazing Mets podcast, we will be interviewing David Peterson. We'll be talking about off-season news and also opening a mailbag. Make sure to check us out. We're on every Thursday at 7 p.m. this week. Uh, Thursday at 7 p.m. Thank you. All right, guys, we are back from break. Uh, Barry, before we get more into the fantasy baseball topic, I didn't. I feel like we uh, didn't talk too much about JT Real Muto. I thought that we needed to go back to that. You know, it's a big thing going on here. I feel like we went past it too quickly. And, Barry, to ask you a question here about JT, if you're the Marlins, what are you – are you doing the same thing that Michael Hill and Jeter are doing? Are you holding firm? Are you keeping that high asking price up there? Are you doing the same thing as them, or are you doing something different if you're the GM? No, I, if I was the GM, my price would be uh, asking for the moon. If you don't ask for the moon, you're not going to get it. And somebody's going to break out there. There's no doubt about it. But I also feel that it's the Marlins' fault that teams are not anteing up at this particular point. Uh, JT is a great player. He's the future of any team that ends up getting him. But the Marlins made a mistake by giving away players and getting, yeah, you got some prospects in return. They gave they gave up good Great, good to great players for little or nothing back, although some of them are turning into some good players. So they've got a reputation now of being the patsy in the league. They're the giveaway team. 
We groom them, you take them. That's, that's the way I look at it. And I would have never made some of the moves that they made in the past. Going back to JT, if he's on the Marlins, make sure you grab him second or third round. If, you're, uh, if he's on any other team, same thing, second or third round. He's a catcher with star power. There's no doubt about it. Fantasy players, you're going to love him this year. He was great, great last year. Wait until you see what he does this year. Of course, you guys are listening to uh, a big fantasy baseball um, player here. He won the championship through, uh, back-to-back, I believe. He's done a lot in the fantasy world. So if you guys definitely want some fantasy advice, you guys definitely should uh, listen to uh, this, but uh, moving on from that, JT Romuto, of course, we're going to shift again here. Back to the fantasy, of course. I want to ask you, not really as a fantasy question, more of a skill. I know there's still a lot of talk about him breaking out. I believe we did talk about him before. I want to know your opinion on Lewis Brinton. Of course, I am a huge fan of him. I think he is, I think he's the world, basically. When that yellow tray we got back, I knew, I, first I watched, his, I watched him hit, Field, I thought this guy said, hey, this guy is the future of the Marlins. This guy is a future superstar in center field. And, of course, Barry, you thought that too. He's exceeding in spring training. As your opinion about Lewis Brinson, of course, uh, let's just hear from you. Well, I uh, saw Brinson in spring training. He was lights out in spring training. He was one of those guys that I said – hey, here's a guy that's going to be on the team. Here's a guy that's going to be a leader on the team. Here's a guy that's going to deliver. Uh, Similar to with the Yankees, Aaron Judge. Uh, I said the same thing about him. The difference is Judge delivered. Brinson did not. He had 382 at-bats. He had 31 runs, 76 hits, 42 RBI, 17 walks. What killed me he didn't get above the Mendoza line for the season, a 199 batting average, hovering at most of the season at around 170 to 175. Uh, he didn't come through in key situations. Will that change this year with more experience? I certainly would hope so. As far from a fantasy point of view, if you're going to take a chance on Brinson, take a chance late. I do not agree with Nick on Brinson. Nice guy, great fielder. He puts in the effort 1,010% on the field. If he could translate it into his hitting, he would be a superstar. He's got a lot to prove to me before, uh, again, he becomes a believer as far as I'm concerned. Nick, I know you disagree with me on that, so I'm going (laughs) to give you your chance for rebuttal. Of course. I'm going to say the big piece here, the big speech about – how I do think that Lewis Brinson, of course, is the future, and he has so much to prove. Lewis Brinson, of course, was called up last year, and a slow start in the beginning, of course, and he turned things on at the end of the season. But remember, this is very early. I know he is 24 years old, going on 25 very soon. I do still think, I'm saying, Brinson, I'm telling you, he has the skills to be the future of baseball. And I'm going to call it now that Lewis Brinson is going to be he's – going, he's going to start in center field this year. I know he's going to start. And, of course, his glove is great. Unfortunately, he's bad. He struck out a lot, but he really does have good power, I think, Lewis Brinson. And 
you know, I'm not, I, I don't want to fight you on here, but I do think that Brinson is great. I, I think he, I don't want to say he's great now. I think he will be great. He does translate into a, kind of a Juan Pierre kind of player, except he does have power, of course. And I'm just letting you know that I know you don't believe in Brinson now, but, you know, I do believe in Lewis Brinson, and I do think that he is, of course, the future of Miami. But we are, again, going to change gears here. Uh, let's talk about another player, and we did interview him last week, Dan Straley, uh, potential ace of the Marlins. Him and Urania are going to, of course, battle it out in spring training to see, and Mattingly, of course, will decide who will be top gun there. Barry, I know you like Straley. Came on here with a great interview last week. Did, did a fabulous job. We got to know him a lot more than we used to before. Uh, Barry, I'll let you go first and take it away with uh, your thoughts about Dan Straley, pitcher of the Marlins. You're 110% right, Nick. Straley, he's my man. He's the ace of the Marlins. He is the workhorse of the Marlins. Uh, He's going to do amazing things this year. Uh, Last year, he only played in 23 games. uh, Injuries, what can I say? It's part of the game. But he's a strong guy. He's he's healthy now, as he said last week. Uh, He had had a five-win season. Uh, six loss season, he had no saves because he's not a he's not a relief pitcher. He had a 130 WHIP with a 4.12 ERA. I'm telling you right now, this guy is going to be a top of the line pitcher for the Marlins. He's going to be one of the better pitchers in the MLB. If he gets run support from the Marlins, he his win record will boost. He's going to double his wins this season, and there's no doubt in my mind. Uh, he's a guy that you want to draft onto your fantasy team. Seventh, eighth, maybe ninth round, he's definitely the guy. You don't want to miss out on Straley. He will surprise you. Yeah, speaking about run support, of course, Jose Reina did receive one of the worst run supports in the league. Hopefully that changes this year. But my opinion about Straley, Straley did say that that injury was a very long time ago, and he's not feeling anything about the injuries. He's actually perfectly fine which we heard last week, which is, of course, um, astounding news. Straley, I do think, is the ace of them all. I think he's great. I mean, of course, Jose Urania, I do think, will start opening day. I think Urania's got a little bit of an edge over Straley. Uh, but both pitchers, don't get me wrong, are literally equal. They're equal pitchers, but Urania's got a little bit of a uh, slight edge over him. Not much, not much at all. I love both of them. I think they're both great. And those both veterans, both of those veterans helping out Alcantara is I'm a huge fan of. Of course, I think Alcantara, actually, if I'm not rephrase here, Alcantara is. I keep saying the future of the Marlins, but he is like this guy is good. I remember, I remember from the Ozuna. I wanted him the whole time in that Ozuna trade. I knew that he would make an impact in the near future for the Fish, and then certainly did that last year uh, under the radar, you know and. Urania, going back to Urania and the run support, he didn't receive much last year. He still pitched well. Uh, he does kind of a unique windup. You guys didn't notice where he stretches his arm all the way out and then pitches it in. But, uh, you know, Barry, I want, to, I want to talk to you about Jose Urania. Of course, you like Urania and Straley. Urania a little younger. Uh, Barry, what are your thoughts about Jose Urania and about his impact to the ball club? I like Urania. Uh... He's a ninth or tenth round pickup uh, in fantasy. He played 31 games last year, nine wins, 12 losses. Uh, he had a 1.18 whip with a 3.98 ERA. 
this guy's going to improve uh, season after season after season. He's going to get better and better and better. He will be one of the top pitching uh, or the top three uh, pitchers on the Marlins in the future. Currently, right now, he's in the top two. But, again, it depends upon who they trade for come 2020. He's going to be in there. He's going to be one of the players that's going to give you, as a fantasy team, a much-needed lift. You'll see this in 2019 from Urania. But to move on from Urania, I want to talk about my favorite, Sandy Alcantara. Again, or Alcantara, depends on how you say it. I love this guy. He is a player. He reminds me of Jose Fernandez. In 2018, he only played six games. He had two wins, three losses, a 141 whip and a 3.44 ERA. Yeah, there was an injury there. Uh, He had to get some stuff worked out in the minors. But when he came back up, he did well. And he is a great guy to have on your fantasy roster as well. This is the guy that's going to surprise you. If you don't have him on your team, shame on you. He will surprise you. He's going to make a believer out of you. And he will help mold the young Marlin team into a contender in the very near future. No, I have to agree with you. I do think that Sandy Alcantara is the future of the Marlins. He's been working his tail off. He, he's got what I haven't seen in a while, and I do see a big resemblance to um, to Jose Fernandez. And I do think Sandy Alcantara's got a huge future ahead of him. But unfortunately, guys, that is going to do it for the podcast tonight. We really appreciate you guys coming on from me and Barry. Huge uh, thanks to Mackenzie and Jeff again for coming on tonight. Uh, Great interviews by both of them. Both have great features ahead of them. We can't wait to see them in the show uh, and in spring training. Barry, I know you got a few words to say, and then I'll close out right after. Yeah, if any of you guys out there uh, have any questions for us, be sure to call them in next week. Uh, We would definitely love to answer some of your questions. Uh, Also, I want to thank – Thank both players for being on with us. Uh, They were great. Uh, I look forward to seeing you all next week on the Marlins Catch, and I want to wish you all a wonderful week. And thank you guys for everything, and uh, we'll see you next week on the Marlins Catch. Have a good night. Catch is produced by Benson Vector. The Marlins Catch is a production of the Baseball Podcast Network. Be sure to give our host Nick a follow on Instagram at Marlins Double Underscore News and follow the Marlins Catch on Instagram as well at the Marlins Catch. For more of the Marlins Catch content, be sure to head over to their website at themarlinscatch.com. And to check out the Baseball Podcast Network on their website, go to baseballpodcastnet.com. Be sure to follow the Baseball Podcast Network on all their social media platforms. Instagram, at Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter, at Baseball Podcast One. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-1. YouTube, at Baseball Podcast Network. And SoundCloud, at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to the Marlins Catch. We'll see you next time.